0: for anyone who's not selling concierge you have to pay for popcorn and so that's why I'm saying it's free because I want to be clear that that's yeah, not they the also case. don't
1: have to pay the 1000 up, up charge for the room so <laughs> of I think course, of I don't course, think you can eat course. your weight in popcorn and, and have no, it come out no, in your no, favor no, no. <laughs> everybody this week's episode of the dcl duo podcast brought to you by my path unwinding travel and sam we're talking firsts but not a first time cruise tonight
0: I know. I mean, you know, I love talking first time cruising in general, but this topic is something that's kind of near and dear to our hearts, even though it's something we only started doing, I don't know, like 10 months ago with a surprise that you had made for me, which was to book concierge on a sailing that you and I were headed on uh, without Nathan. And our guest today, Jen, went on her first concierge sailing with, uh, you know, having been on prior cruises on DCL. So I'm really excited to hear how this went hear her review and hear if she would do it again. But without further ado, I'm going to introduce our guest, Jen. Welcome, Jen. Hi, thank you. Yeah, so great to have you. So Jen, how many
1: Disney cruises had you done before this one, before you jumped both feet in the concierge? How many Disney cruises have you done?
2: Seven before this one. This one was our eighth. Nice. Already gold status. Yep.
1: And all four ships, or sorry, all five ships, I should ask?
2: All four, we haven't made the wish yet.
1: What kinds of itineraries have you done with Disney Cruise Line?
2: We've sailed out of Port Canaveral, Miami, San Juan... Uh, Vancouver for Alaska, and our new one for the concierge was out of San Diego.
1: Oh, nice! So you went on concierge for the first time on the Wonder. That
0: <laughs> that oh, is going to be you, that's oh, how it's a tough too. act to follow. That Ugh. is a
1: tough act to follow. All right, for our listeners out there, I was actually exchanging messages back and forth with another creator recently who hasn't done concierge, and I recommended to him the Wonder, uh, and he asked why, and I said because it's got the best lounge in the fleet, just behind the Wish but it has far fewer rooms of concierge than the wish or the fantasy or the dream. So you still get that like really intimate attention. So uh, what a, what a way to start. Concierge experience—that was the same mistake we made. Uh, out of you
0: know. <laughs> when Brian says mistake, he means it was so awesome, and we, you know, comparing it on other ships is just hard because the Wonder experience was so amazing. Yeah, they also had great hosts. And you probably had some different hosts than we had, but we we just had such a great experience on the Wonder.
1: Jen, let me start by asking, what made you decide to take the leap into concierge?
2: Well, we had originally a cruise booked in 2020, and we were going to take our nephews on their first Disney cruise. But unfortunately, as we all know, the world turned upside down. And so we delayed it for August of 2022. And we weren't sure if they were cruising yet. So we canceled and then we just decided to scrap the nephew idea and we made it a special itinerary for my husband's birthday.
1: Nice. And what, uh, so the itinerary would have been, was it Catalina in Mexico or was it uh, just a Mexican Riviera cruise?
2: No, it was just um, Mexico. It was just Cabo and um, Ensenada.
1: Okay. How did your husband react to the idea of sailing in concierge?
2: (laughs) He wasn't expecting at first. It was kind of a surprise, but I sprung it on him and he
0: was excited.
1: Now I'm assuming you booked a family veranda concierge stateroom for the sailing?
0: Yep. Yeah. So it's just the two of you, right? On yes. the sailing? Yep. So you don't need the one bedroom. And not to say the one bedroom isn't lovely, but it's not, re- it's really not, I mean, it's not necessary to, for most cruisers in general. Right. It's yeah. certainly not necessary when there's only two of you. I've
1: done a ton of shows on this, but just in case this is someone's first time listening to our show, let me just define the concierge uh, offering on Disney Cruise Line. It is Disney Cruise Line's you know, upscale, cruise within a cruise experience, kind of like the haven on Norwegian. I don't remember what celebrity calls it off the top of my head now. Royal Caribbean's sort of sweet experience that they have. Uh, Essentially, you get added perks.
0: Isn't it the reserve or something like that? On I,
1: I don't remember what it's called. Something That's like why this that. show is called yeah. the DCL duo and not the RCCL duo. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's a cruise within a cruise experience. You get a lot of added sort of perks starting from really the moment you book the cruise uh, all the way through the sailing priority, embarkation, a special lounge, a whole bunch of stuff that we'll be talking to Jenna about this evening. But when we say concierge, it's this cruise within a cruise experience that Disney offers uh, at quite the premium, generally speaking. Sometimes it can't approach a level of affordability from uh, the regular cruise fare, for sure.
0: The one thing I'll add to to what Brian has said is the cabin. So there are th- the lowest level of cabin in concierge is a family veranda stateroom. There are no inside cabins for concierge, and there are no porthole cabins for concierge. They are all
1: except on the Wish. The Wish has You're ocean right. view Sorry. concierge staterooms. So yeah, on deck right. eleven. You're right. But they're not portholes. You were correct. They're not portholes because they have floor-to-ceiling windows facing front.
0: Yes. Four of the five ships, the lowest level room you get in concierge is a family veranda stateroom. And then there are one bedrooms and two bedrooms as well. The two bedrooms on all of the ships except for the Wish are the Roy and the Walt suites. So these are like super high-level rooms.
1: Some of the ships have dedicated two bedrooms that aren't the Roy and uh, Walt suites, uh, but those are rare and I think are limited to the magic class of ship. So, Jen, you book concierge. As, I, as we were sort of discussing here, the experience starts, you know, right at the point where you need to book some activities. What was it like completing your uh, your activity booking this time around? Did you find it much easier to just type the email out to Shoreside or did you... Uh Did you hit any hiccups there?
2: Uh, No, it was super easy. You know, normally I'm one of those people that stay up till um, midnight our time. I'm in Wisconsin. And so I'm usually up till midnight to make sure I get my Apollo done and anything else that we want to do. But this time I didn't have to do that. So it was very easy, very great. It was very nice
0: talking to them via email. It was super easy. And that 130 day booking window is really nice just for, for those listening if you're staying concierge at 130 days out at midnight, you can send an email to shoreside concierge and you just describe to them in, you know, verbally in written form what you want them to book and they book it for you. And then when the platinum booking window opens at 120 days, everything pops up and you see it in the app.
1: What kinds of requests did you make pre-cruise? What, what kinds of things were you trying to book?
2: The only thing we were booking was um, Palo at the time. You know, we weren't doing Castaway, so we couldn't do the Cabana. There weren't any shore excursions that we were interested in doing at the time because we were just going to explore on our own. And at the time when we booked the cruise, the Rainforest Room was open to having everybody. It wasn't private sessions. If it was still mm-hmm. private sessions, we would have done that, but it was open to everybody. So we just did Palo reservations through them.
0: Nice. Yeah, we missed that Rainforest Room experience when it was a private private experience. We did it a couple of times uh, after the reopen and loved it. And then... I'll be honest, that's really the only way I like the rainforest room. Yeah. <laughs> Brian, Brian likes it all the time, but I I yeah.
1: Although it is, the one, it is one of the things I would say that falls on the list that you can't actually pre-book through Shoreside. So uh, you always have to book it once you get on board, which, which leads me to the point of there are things that you can request. So for folks who are out there considering concierge, uh, what we're talking about is that at 130 days out, you send an email to Shoreside with your request. And there's kind of a set of things that you can ask them for in advance. So you can book adult dining, shore excursions. Basically, anything you could book at the normal activity window ahead of time. can make your requests for cabanas. You can have them note requests for things that you want to have in your room. So we'll sometimes ask them if they could put large robes in our room or uh, in concierge, they stock your fridge with uh, sodas and waters and you can sort of specify for them like I just, all I really want are, you know, Coke Zero and Sprite <laughs> what nothing else in there. Uh, so it's really your opportunity to kind of give shoreside concierge the litany of things you're hoping to, to experience and have on board and then if there's anything they can't do in advance, they usually pass it on to the onboard concierge team. So when you meet with them for the first time after getting on board, you can go through some of those things and make adjustments. So spa experiences is amazing. Another thing that you can pre-book through the uh, the email to shoreside.
0: You can also do things like request a particular dining rotation. Those things you really don't have to do at 130 days, just to be really clear. But they are things that you can do at 130 days or really anytime, you know, to have it noted on your account that you want to start your dining rotation at, I don't know, let's say Tiana's if you're on the Wonder.
1: And we've used them more recently to do things like you know, link up, uh, accounts with folks who we want to eat with or, you know, do that sort of stuff, uh, buy the onboard Christmas amenities, you can package, you can do that. Uh, So Shoreside becomes your primary point of contact with Disney Cruise Line, and they take care of anything you have uh, need for in advance of the cruise. So Jen, did you have any more contact with Shoreside uh, between your booking window and uh, when you got on board?
2: We did request um, our dining rotation and our dining time. Mm -hmm. We we generally eat during the second, so the later dining, because we don't have kids, so we don't need to I hate to take away reservations from those people that need to eat early mm-hmm. and it's less crowded and a little bit more quiet during the later
0: seating so we generally do that. I will say when Nathan was younger we preferred early seating and we've gone back to our original preference which was late seating <laughs> <laughs> because Ryan and I like to eat later. We like to see I like to see the show first and it it just seems to work better especially if you're getting back from let's say a longer excursion and you don't have to rush to dinner.
1: I just like to stay by the pool for as long as I possibly can. Well, Jen, the next uh, sort of big difference in concierge, I think, is when you get to your onboard check-in or your pre-cruise check-in 30 days out, no port arrival times for you. So uh, that's another one that I really like. I'm assuming you did too because you don't have to stay up until midnight. You can just do your check-in at any point after it opens up.
2: Yeah, that was great. And at the time, we were still under the impression we would have to do the pre-testing before we got on board. But uh, luckily, like three weeks before our cruise, they changed the rules and our sailing was the first sailing where they didn't need to do that. So that helped a lot too.
1: For listeners, again, just a point here uh, on concierge, concierge sailors do not have to have a port arrival time. Basically, their online check-in form just says arrive anytime between first and last port arrival. So concierge can board uh, ahead.
0: You still have to fill out that same online check-in ahead of time, but you don't really need, you don't need to stay up till midnight to do it if you're on the East Coast or 9 PM on the West Coast to do it. Because if you do it at any point thereafter, as long as you do it um, before your cruise, of course, uh, you can still do whatever port arrival time works in your schedule.
1: Well, and actually, they don't even assign you one. That option is grayed out. You don't even have to select a port arrival time. So Right. Well, I think the next difference uh, coming up here, Jen, would be uh, those special luggage tags. Did they actually make it to you in advance? We haven't seen ours yet for our upcoming cruise, but uh, did you get the uh, special cross-key luggage tags?
2: We did. We got them, I believe, two weeks before we left for San Diego, because we left a few days before our cruise to spend in San Diego, and we got them, yeah. Two weeks beforehand.
1: I, I should have asked, was this your first cruise out of San Diego and your first cruise on the Wonder?
2: It was. It was actually my first time in California nonstop. So this was a big first for me. Oh, wow. Wow.
1: wow. What made you decide to go out of uh, San Diego this time around?
2: Um, I had never been to California. My husband did, but only when he was a kid. So he didn't remember much. So we went to check out California, check out San Diego. And then after the cruise, we went to Disneyland for just a couple
1: days. Uh, did you fly direct into San Diego?
2: Yep. We flew directly from Madison, Wisconsin to San Diego and we stayed at a hotel near the port for a couple of days beforehand.
1: Nice. Nice. Perfect. Yeah. That's a, that airport is really close to downtown and there's some great hotels right across the street from the port. So we love sailing out of San Diego.
0: Yeah, did you did you fly back from San Diego as well? And the reason I asked that is because obviously Disneyland is about an hour north of San Diego uh, in Orange County. Probably not even an hour, maybe 45 minutes, but so it, it, there is obviously closer airport, the John Wayne Airport in Orange County is the closest one to Disneyland. But I'm sure I'm guessing there aren't really many direct flights from there to Wisconsin. So
2: No, we went back to San Diego and mm-hmm. flew out of San Diego just because it was it was so much easier to do it that way for us because yep. of the way the cruise and everything
0: else fell. So yeah. And honestly, San Diego's still better to fly out of than LAX. So I'm gonna put it out there that if you're if you're flying to Disneyland cruise, you know, if it's if you're gonna have to do a round trip out of one airport versus, you know, a single legs, I would recommend San Diego over LAX, even though of course it's a little bit it's further from LA. Yeah.
1: And San Diego is about a 90-minute drive, actually, from... Disneyland. So uh, Southern California traffic. Yeah. Southern California traffic being what it is. It's it's a a longer than you think it is. I'll just put it that way. Did you fly in the day before the cruise? Did you get any time in San Diego ahead of the sailing?
2: We flew in like three days before. So we basically had two and a half days in San Diego. So we explored San Diego. And then we since our hotel was so close to the
0: port, we just walked to the port. It was so easy. Yeah, we love that. That's what we always stay at the what is it? The Spring Hill Suites, I think that's like diagonally across the street. There's several hotels right there and they're all super convenient. What did you guys get up to in San Diego? This being your first time to California, your first time to San Diego, there's quite a lot to do and see in San Diego. I'm just curious, what were some of the highlights for you?
2: Well, we did the zoo, of course, we had to do that. That was basically most of our day because it is so big. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we did a beach day and we went to the we went to the Little Italy section for food. We went to the Gaslight District for some food.
1: So, yeah. Nice. Any recommendations for folks?
2: I mean, anywhere in Little Italy, as far as I'm concerned, is fine. (laughs) 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 There's some there's some places that have been seen on the food network. Some great places. So we went there for breakfast and I think it's called Cafe 47 or Cafe 20. It's some number I forget. But yeah, it was really good.
1: So did you just walk to the port then, Jen?
2: Yep. It was uh, five minutes from our hotel. Not even we went even went there literally because we didn't know. I mean, we, they gave us our port arrival time of noon, but we weren't sure if we could like start checking in our luggage early. And so we sat down on some benches and my husband walked over to the port and there were other concierge people and they were already taking their luggage at like 1130. So we even got in a little bit earlier. So it was great. Yeah,
0: that's awesome.
1: Well, you show up to the port. Uh, you have a little bit of an expedited check in there and uh, I think they have a sitting area for concierge, but it's not, uh, <laughs> it's not what they offer at Port Canaveral uh, because the San Diego terminal is... Uh, I don't know, kind of a storage building space almost or a big warehouse yeah. kind of space. But was uh, check-in and all of that smooth for you? They do have dedicated check-in line.
2: Yeah, they do have several dedicated check-in for concierge. It was super smooth, super easy. They gave us our special little stickers that made us feel special. And
0: we were like one of the first on board. One of the benefits of concierge, which is getting to board early. So With one exception, they board the family of the day and then concierge gets boarded. But it's really nice to get on board early because then you get really more of that full day. About what time did you all get on board then, Jen? I think we were on the ship at like quarter after 12. That's awesome. Just in time for a nice little concierge lunch.
1: Yeah. Did you go to the concierge sit-down lunch on board?
2: We sure do. We always go to sit-down lunch the first day we board.
1: Nice. Awesome. What did you What did you think of the concierge offering? I mean, it's the same lunch, but uh, usually the uh, the hosts and hostesses come around to uh, chat you up and give you your itinerary and make adjustments or offer more bookings and that kind of thing. So, uh, first chance to meet your onboard hosting team. What did you think?
2: I thought it was great. Yeah, they they because we told them this was our first time, so they kind of had a like an informative sheet they gave us the first day about like. You know all the things, the hours that the concierge lounge is open, like where it's located, all that kind of stuff. Everybody's name that was working in the lounge, and then just kind of yeah, asked us if we needed to change or switch anything, and then yeah, let us continue to enjoy our lunch. Nice. Yeah.
1: Do you remember who your uh, onboard
0: team was?
2: One was Andy. One was I think Monica, and I don't remember the other lady's name.
0: What did you think of the, the onboard team and your interactions with them? Not just in, obviously, at that first concierge lunch, but I think one of the nice things about sailing concierge is you really don't have to deal with anybody from guest services, from the spa, for any kind of onboard bookings. Um, everything you do or any kind of request, everything you do is, is through those concierge hosts. What, what did you think of that experience and, and them individually?
2: That part was great. Not having to stand in line down at guest services. I mean, guest services is great, but just going to somebody and saying, here, can you fix this? And they got it done. Like we had to add some gift cards to our account and I just went to the desk at concierge and they're like, here you go. It's done. I'm like, oh, it's so easier. <laughs>
1: I love walking in, stopping by the desk and being like, oh, I just need to do blah, blah, blah. And then I go get a drink and I'm sitting by the window chatting with somebody and they come. it's all taken care of. So yeah. yeah. It's a it's a very civilized experience. Now, I, I want to say something really clear. Guest services on these ships is fantastic. Uh, so don't get us wrong when we say you don't have to deal with guest services in the spa. They're all great folks to deal with. They will all help you out with your problems. But uh, and concierge, just kind of the added level of experience of tell them and forget about it because it yeah. would be taken yeah. care of. So,
0: yeah. yeah. And really the benefit of not having to wait in line because the number of people that are in the concierge lounge making requests, like you might have one other person who's talking to one of the hosts, but there are three hosts total, which means they're at most times of the day there are at least two and in the middle of the day there are all three of them on shift and so you will not have to wait to talk to somebody and you you like Brian said you can go sit down read a book in the lounge have a snack have a drink, whatever. And they will come back over to you and say, oh, I've taken care of your request. And so it's all booked. It should show up in the app within the next hour. So Jen, what did you think of the lounge itself on the Wonder?
2: Oh, I thought the lounge was beautiful. It was a great space. It was really big. There were like spots on the left and spots on the right. You could sit. And when you first walk in on the left, there's the concierge desk with the host usually on the right that is where the set up like the food area the buffet little buffet area and then they have the bar and then yeah I thought it was it was really nice in there it was really like quiet and peaceful most of the time it was it was really neat to see
1: Did you take advantage of some of the daily kind of... I mean, there's always food out in the lounge. It just changes what it is as the day goes along, I feel like. But uh, did you take advantage of the food and beverage kind of in the lounge? And what did you think?
2: Um, Yeah. In the morning for, I think, the day to Cabo, we went in there just to grab some light breakfast because we didn't want to order room service. We just wanted something a little bit lighter. So we had breakfast in there just that one day. Um, Mm -hmm. Most of the time... Maybe made it for the tea time because they had like macaroons and little finger sandwiches and cookies and kind of treats and that was kind of like our favorite time to go.
1: Did you check out the Sun deck, uh the Concierge Sun deck? And what did you think about that?
2: We did. Um we stayed out there just a little bit one day, but it was so hot being in Mexico in mid September. It was way too hot for us. So but if we did go out there just for a little bit and it was really nice.
1: Yeah. What I appreciate about that Sun deck is that they provide sunscreen out there uh they just usually have like a basket of sunscreen sitting there kind of like they do in the cabanas at castaway key and so you don't even have to bring mm. your own sunscreen mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just nice. yeah stateroom so generally your staterooms are ready as soon as you get on board if you're sealing concierge and so uh did you were you able to check out your stateroom and what'd you what'd you think it's same size stateroom generally but it's usually decorated a little <laughs> bit differently and some potentially higher-end bath amenities
2: yeah we were able to get into our stateroom i think we were done with lunch by like Ten to one ish, and we went to our stateroom. The ropes were still up, but the stateroom host was there, so he just let us pass the rope, and we got into our stateroom, which was great. I think that's one of the biggest perks I loved about concierge was getting to our stateroom as soon as possible. Um, that was nice, but the room was great. It was just it seemed like a normal veranda room, but it was a little bit fancier. It had the wood finishings in the room. It had the
0: Elemis products in the bathroom. Yeah, it was really nice. I liked it a lot. One thing we noticed on the Wonder, and I'm curious if you noticed it, was because of that wood paneling, our stateroom was quite a bit noisier at yes. night during the rocking. So, and when I say noisier, I mean, I mean in comparison to a non-concierge room, uh, we just, the walls and the doors and everything just was noisier. Did you experience
2: Yeah, it creaked a little bit more every now and again. I was more worried about being under like the pool deck, but we actually Mm. didn't have any issues with that, which I was surprised and really happy about.
1: Yeah, I've noticed when we've sailed Concierge on the Wonder that, yeah, it's right under the pool deck. And I have noticed those pool chairs scraping along. (laughs) And so uh, I always thought that was kind of a curious decision on their part to put the most expensive rooms right under the pool deck because that's generally a spot we avoid. Yeah, us
2: too. I thought that was weird too. Like, why would you do that? But we didn't notice anything. So maybe we just got lucky. I don't know. But it was Mm -hmm. really great.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. We noticed it, but it wasn't a big deal for us because it was always tended to be after we were awake anyway but we would hear it like as we were sort of getting ready for our day we would hear the the noise from just above us but like i said it wasn't it wasn't so early in the morning that they were moving the deck chairs around that it woke us up or anything right
1: yeah Yeah. one of the other perks of concierge jen is that you get that priority seating at the shows did you take advantage of that
2: We did. As many cruises as we've been on, we've never seen the Golden Mickeys in person. Oh, wow. And so I thought, well, we better go see it before they get rid of it. So we (laughs) did take advantage. We had to go down to O'Gill's Pub. And uh, the concierge hostess was waiting for us at a back door. She led us through the back as we were rounding to enter in down by the stage. They had popcorn and bottles of water waiting for us. Mm -hmm.
0: And then we could get in and sit anywhere. It was it was that was nice, too. I love that perk. I also love. So they the one thing they, they don't have is they don't have like a drink cart or anything there. But you can go to the lounge first, grab yourself a drink and then bring it with you and to have it with your popcorn. If you want if you want something other than bottled water, which they they tend to have there. But, yeah, I think it's a great perk. To be clear, the. Popcorn is then free, or I'll call it included. Actually, <laughs> so it's
1: not free. <laughs> yeah, sure, it's it's included.
0: But yeah, but for most people, they have to. For anyone who's not selling concierge, you have to pay for popcorn, and so that's why I am saying it's free because I want to be clear that that's yeah, not. But they the also biggest. don't have
1: to pay the one thousand up dollar up charge for the room.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> of I think course, of I don't course, think you can course. eat your
1: weight in popcorn and no, 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 no,
0: no, no. It can't work out in your favor. It can't. You can't. You can't book concierge based on popcorn alone, okay? <laughs>
1: Please call us on our voicemail line if you're thinking about that sh- as a strategy. Uh, <laughs> we'd love to hear how it goes. I was going to say that the Golden Mickeys uh, can't go anywhere anytime soon. They're now an instant classic because Bob Iger is still featured in the video for the Golden Mickeys. And <laughs> right. now that he's back as CEO, I think uh, he won't be the person to take them away from us. So uh right. got, a- got at least another two years on
0: Now, I know this was also your first time on The Wonder. So I would love to hear you know what, you thought about her as a ship and what you thought about Tiana's because that's really the only restaurant on board that is different than from the other ships.
2: Um, it's actually our second time on the Wonder. We did oh. Alaska on the oh, Wonder. Oh, that's
0: right. Yeah.
2: Um, but Tiana's is definitely, I loved it. When we did it in Alaska, though, they did not have the French Quarter Lounge, so that was new to us. Oh, nice. And I loved how they did the French Quarter Lounge. It, it was just the whole theming in that whole area from the restaurant to the lounge and vice versa. It was so great. I loved how they how they changed it. And yeah, I love the beignets and the drinks there. It was mm-hmm. really nice.
0: We're hoping they do something similar on the magic. I mean, it may or may or may not be Tiana themed because obviously they've got a Rapunzel's restaurant on that ship. But I don't know. It would be I honestly think it would be smart if they just did a carbon copy (laughs) and uh, did the French Quarter Lounge because it's such a hit. I think people really love that space.
2: Yeah. Or it'd be cool if like
0: they did a permanent snuggly duckling out there. (sighs) that would be but there's so much rapunzel's on the magic i don't know between you know between the show and the restaurant i'm not sure they i'm not sure they need i love rapunzel don't get me wrong but i'm just not sure they need that much more rapunzel back on there but i agree we, did you feel like the lounge was ever full i mean we haven't talked about how many people were on your sailing in particular do you know how many people and do you know if concierge was full I think our cruise
2: was about 90% full at the mm-hmm. time. I think all of concierge was booked. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that, but it felt mm-hmm. like it. The only time it was really, really crowded was the day that they
0: brought up a character to meet and greet with Jesse concierge guest. So we have not yet experienced that because it, I, we had heard about that being a benefit but they did not have it on any of our sailings. I would love to know more about that and how you how you get told a character is coming and whether or not they tell you what character is coming and how that experience kind of works.
2: Well, okay. For ours, they told us that on this certain day, they are having a special friend come up. Okay, <laughs> They didn't tell us who, they told us the time. However, when we were waiting for this character to come up, to meet and greet us, they had an elevator issue and the character was 20 minutes late. And this was right before first dining time. So the lounge was absolutely packed. Like you couldn't even move. So they were having elevator issues, which I don't understand because concierge has that special little, you know, bypassed all the floors to get to where you need to go. Mm hmm. So the character was late and then when the character got up there it was Pluto and it would have been nice to you know meet and greet but there were already like all the staterooms waiting for this character. Right. So at that point I was just kind of like frustrated cuz it was so crowded and it was like I could have waited in line down in the atrium for <laughs> 10 minutes and I could have I could have done this meet and greet on my own.
0: No that's fair. That's fair. I'm I'm guessing if Pluto had been on time, it might have been a better experience.
2: Yeah. If he hadn't been 20 minutes late, I I would have stayed. But being that it was the situation that it was, it was like, yeah, I could have just been in line for 10 minutes and done this myself.
0: And I, I have heard pre-pandemic when they would do this, you might get a character in a special outfit or something like that, too. And so that was one of the benefits But I don't know if that has come back yet.
2: Yeah, he was in his normal sailor's outfit and our cruise was a Halloween on the high seas, So I was hoping that we would get a character in costume, too. Mm. But that Mm -hmm. didn't even happen. So it was like, Uh,
0: bummer. Yeah. Well, nice to hear that they've brought that back at least. And and hopefully that will um, be something they continue to tweak and and get better. Mm -hmm.
1: Hey, DCL Duo fans, you know, we get the question all the time, should I use a travel agent to book my next Disney cruise or should I just book with Disney directly? And I'm going to tell you, if you have that question in the back of your mind right now, you should stop what you're doing and head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo. The folks over at My Path Unwinding provide an amazing service. They are so knowledgeable and so friendly. We rely on them ourselves to book our family vacations and they provide an amazing service. And the best part is, you don't pay anything extra for it. Disney, other tour providers, and other cruise lines have built the cost of their commission into their pricing. So if you're booking directly, you are just paying that money back to the provider when you could be spending it on the kind of service you would get from My Path Unwinding Travel. You've heard from their agents on our show. They are so knowledgeable, so giving of their time. They know so much about Disney Cruise Line, Sailing Concierge, other cruise lines, other all-inclusive vacations and adventures by Disney that if you have a vacation in mind, they are the ones to book it for you. So again, head over to MyPathUnwinding.com slash duo so they know we sent you their way. Thanks, my Path Unwinding, for sponsoring the show. And with that, back to our episode.
0: Were there any things on board where you needed to make changes that were perhaps you know out of the ordinary or anything like that um, that you, you know, sort of felt the benefit of being in concierge or did everything sort of Progress kind of normally.
2: Everything sort of progressed normally. We didn't have any changes. However, if I would have had the foresight to uh, change our pirate night menu to Palo, I would have done that. But
0: other than Ah, that. Interesting thought. Okay. Yeah. So this is one of the, one of the, I think one of the perks of concierge is if you, let's say, didn't book something in advance and decide on board, hmm, I probably, I think I want to skip Pirate Night menu and go to Apollo. That is something the onboard team can often help you with. It's not guaranteed, of course, that you get what you request, but they just seem to make the magic happen. So (laughs) that is also something we sometimes, I think, have dealt with where we didn't know what night what pirate night was or couldn't figure it out
1: i will echo they do sometimes kind of make the magic happen i think we experienced that with paolo on the magic actually when Mm -hmm. we originally had like a brunch of for two people and we ended up making it a brunch for eight people or something crazy and they ended up being like oh yeah i know where." And then they give us a private room and they just took care of it all uh which was nice the other thing is because you're boarding first as concierge when you're at that lunch the lunch is actually happening before a lot of the onboard booking things even open up, right? Mm -hmm. So place where you would go to deal with dinner reservations and rotational dining doesn't open until I think about one o'clock or something like that. And then, you know, spa doesn't open. And so lots of people are lined up waiting to do that. But while you're at lunch, the concierge is calling people and they're answering the phone before they're even open for the day. So... So I think you you get a little bit of just priority help, and because you're first on, your requests are getting fulfilled first from the inventory that they we surmise they hold back uh, for onboard booking. I don't think they put all the Palo reservations out for pre booking. I think they hold some back. So, mm. Jen, I want to know: Did you take advantage of the priority disembarkation on the last day?
2: We did um, because we had a um, we did a private transfer to Disneyland. So we had booked them to pick us up at 830 just to give us a little bit of leeway just in case, you know, boarding and docking were going smoothly. Mm-hmm. But we wanted to get off the ship as soon as possible. So we went up to the concierge lounge. We got a little bit of breakfast to eat and then um, they took us straight down and we were off the ship and like we were off the ship by like eight.
1: I find door-to-door in San Diego, if you're you're concierge can be like, yeah, can. You're, you're in the lounge. From the lounge to out in front of the port is like a 15 minutes sometimes. So yeah, um, depending on how early you get off.
0: Did you walk your own luggage off then? When So one thing I just want to highlight for listeners before I have you answer the question is that everyone can do what they call express walk-off, which is where you hold your own bags And then you walk off the ship with your bags. And so you get to do that at the earlier end because they haven't had to check all the bags and whatnot. But with concierge, you also get this added benefit of you get sort of an express elevator to an express walk off. But you don't have to necessarily take your bags with you. But if you want sort of the fastest exit, then you do both types of express. You do both have your own bags and take the concierge elevator down. Jen, did you all take advantage of express walk-off, meaning taking your own bags? Or did you were you able to just grab your bags right uh, at the port when you got off?
2: We did take our own bags, but that's only because we didn't know. When we got off the ship, I did see that there was a special section for luggage for concierge guests only. So if, if we would have put our luggage out the night before, it would have been there waiting for us when we got off the ship. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know that. And I felt more comfortable just taking it with us because, like I said, I didn't know, you know, when our transport would be there, how long it would have taken us because, you know, I wasn't too familiar with the San Diego port either. So I just felt more comfortable taking it with us.
0: Honestly, that's the smartest thing you can do if you're trying to meet a port transfer early. It is still smarter to hold on to your bags because that can take a lot of time, particularly if customs is slow. Even even though concierge bags are given priority, it's it's not a guarantee that everything will be there and ready to go. So if you got a quick transfer, uh, that's always what I would recommend.
1: So Jen, I guess maybe you've already hinted at the answer to this, that it's a one and done. But uh, as you're looking for your next Disney cruise, are you occasionally hovering over that concierge button just to check the prices? I mean, was it a, an experience that you would recommend to others?
2: It really depends. I guess for us, it's sort of a one and done. I mean, I'm glad that we did it. It was a great experience. I'm glad that, you know, all the perks that came with it were certainly nice. I feel like there could have been maybe some more perks that came with it, but you know, if I had extra money or we got another credit from the cruise line for, you know, them canceling something again or something, I would consider it, but. I don't think it's something we'll do again.
1: What I'm curious, what other kinds of perks were you hoping for?
2: The perks were great that we got, especially the early boarding and the early priority access to our stateroom and stuff. Um, I'm not sure what else they could offer. Like everything that they gave us was great. The drink cart, the you know, everything this this the concierge lounge had was great, but I don't, I don't know. I just feel like there could be something maybe just a little bit more.
0: Mm -hmm. Listen, it is, it is not a ton of stuff for the difference in price point. Let's put it that way. The service is amazing. The getting to book things in advance is wonderful, but it's not like you get your own pool even on board, right? Some of the other cruise lines have a a separate pool. the wish you do. Well, you have, it's a little like, Plunge pool and hot tub, but you—it's not two, like hot, a tubs, large. two yeah, hot tubs actually, yeah, and
1: and and that's twice as many as the people in the adult area.
0: <laughs> <laughs> true, <laughs> true, so. but no, I—I I just mean there are some other cruise lines that have more amenities and have, for example, a private. Like full time dining room, right? Like, so on. I think it's celebrity. Instead of going to main dining on celebrity, they have like their own main dining that's just for concierge. So there are some things that I will say Disney doesn't have. And so for the price difference, I can understand somebody making the, you know, saying, yeah, I I really enjoyed it, but it's not something necessary for me. And I probably wouldn't do it again. I will say, I'm I am the person who's like now I only want to sail concierge, but I can understand coming to a different conclusion, and I do not uh, begrudge anyone for having that opinion.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, here's the three things: one is you're paying for convenience. That's it. Like, I mean, that's that is essentially what Disney is charging you for: is convenience, your ability to go to shoreside or onboard concierge and never have to worry about really a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've I've never had a concierge tell me just like no. <laughs> like, they're always looking to solve. The problem. Now, I haven't asked them like drive the ship or honk the horn or something. That'd be very clear. But but they're not. They're usually there to problem solve and figure out how they can make the thing you want to happen happen. So that's the one thing you're paying for convenience. Look with the new Castaway Club tier that they introduced, this Pearl tier. I you know I think one thing they could have offered for people sailing concierge is you know a points program that got them more status faster because they're spending more mm-hmm. money on these sailings. They chose not to do that. Other cruise lines do do that they they give you like a point per night on board and then you get more points if you're sailing in their upscale offering and even more points if you're sailing in a suite and it's really just a way for them to proxy spend and Mm -hmm. so i think i think they could have done something like that they chose not to that that sort of uh that that is what it is you know i do think that there are probably other benefits that they could look to and i think they could take a page from other cruise lines so you know CM's right to point out private pool areas. That's what the Haven has on Norwegian Cruise Line on a lot of their ships, private restaurants. That's, again, what some other lines do. I mean, Celebrity, when we sailed in a suite on uh, a oh, decade, yeah. more than a decade ago now, they gave you a butler and, yeah. and he, he would come in, he would serve you breakfast, he would unpack for you if that's what you wanted them to do. I mean, he he not only was your concierge host, he was like dedicated to like three or four rooms. Uh, and if you needed anything, you talked to him and nobody else. So, uh, so I, I think that there are probably things that Disney could survey the offerings out there at their price point and look at providing, uh, that they don't. Uh, but I hear nothing in the wind other than these kinds of, uh, little, you know, added benefits that they've been doing recently around like, you know, priority seating for shows and things like that. I think, I think Disney's struggling to find things that they're willing to give. Um, and yeah. which, you know, at the price they're charging, Mm, is a head scratcher for me, and <laughs> I think that there are things that they could easily give and still make a ton of money. So, anyway.
2: yeah, like yeah. maybe even like a
0: half hour private shopping time at one of the stores or something. Oh, that's a, yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or honestly, like one one private character meet is is really not that big of a deal if it's the same characters that are on board for the whole cruise, but if they did like a special character, somebody who is even rare in the parks, the Incredibles, you know, there's a lot of, I feel like there's a lot of characters that they could you know, pull out of the woodwork and that would be maybe a, a sort of an enhanced experience.
2: Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Like on our sailing, they had just announced the Sanderson sisters mm-hmm. and it would have been great if that would have been our meet and greet.
0: Oh yeah, that's actually brilliant. Yeah. That's because that one was one that everybody wanted to do on all of the Halloween sailings and people were waiting in line for, but yeah, I bet you're right. It would have been probably a shorter line if it was just if if they had had them in concierge at some point.
1: On the shopping side, I will say we have seen folks, we've not done this ourselves, I don't think. Maybe we did one time basically go to the concierge and say, hey, there's this thing I want out of the shop. Can you go get it for me? And they, they'll they do it. Oh yeah, um, they'll do uh, it. Yeah, they, they'll do they, it.
0: We thought yeah. it was weird. I'll be honest. Brian and I thought it was weird. Like, why wouldn't you go? Because especially because the person was like, not sure which color they wanted. And I was like, why wouldn't you go and look at the colors yourself and then pick, right? But this person had, they had the concierge host do it for them. So
2: hmm. I'm sure,
0: I, I'm guessing the concierge host called the shop Had them set it aside, but then they did still have to go and pick it up. But I'll be honest, there are some folks who make weird requests. I thought that was one of them.
1: Yeah, I'm not judging. (laughs) When you (laughs) paid that kind of money to (laughs) sailing concierge, I won't judge. (laughs) Jen, I really do appreciate you taking the time to share your first concierge experience with our listeners. I, I would be interested to hear what you think after your next sailing because uh, it sounds like you're going to not sail concierge and that's uh, that's always something I've been curious about we we did that on The Wish but I've been curious how it feels to go back to uh, regular sailing aboard Disney Cruise Line so reach out to us and let us know but thank you so much for coming on and sharing the experience with us
2: thank you so much love the podcast thank you <laughs>
1: All the things are there, including a way you can sign up to be a guest on the show if you'd like to share your Disney Cruise Line experience. Most importantly, you can always email us at dclduo at gmail.com if you'd like to connect with us, or you can call our voicemail line if you'd like to leave us a message. We love to include the voices of our listeners in our show. Just dial 402-413-5590. That's 402-413-5590. And that will head straight to our Google Voice voicemail line. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks the views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the disney company or disney cruise line if you have questions about a disney cruise or a disney vacation please contact disney directly or your own travel agent or the great folks over at my path unwinding travel thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous disney adventure with the dcl duo good night